Amen. We're going to give you the word. That's what we're here for. Amen. Praise God for his goodness. Amen. Praise God. All right. Let's get our Bibles. We're going to get right into God's word. Let's get to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. My job is to give you that word. Amen. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. We are grateful to the Lord. Amen. We're just getting back to basics. That's all that is. Get back to basics. Things we ought to do. Everyday things we ought to be doing anyway. Somebody say amen. All right. First Corinthians chapter number two. Uh, We're going to be reading 12 verses. When you get there, shout amen. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse 1 through verse number 12. Let's read together. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit, yea, the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the thing that are freely given to us of God. Now, Father, we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor, and we thank you now for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your sacrifice, your precious blood. And, Lord, we thank you for your divine protection. We give you all the praise and the glory. In the precious name of our Lord Jesus, we pray. All degree that prayer said, amen. amen. All right, you can be seated. Now, I think at, when we go through different things, I think we take things a little more serious, and I think we understand about learning and getting advice and things like that. Amen? Because sometimes we hear things, but we don't take it seriously. All right, but like Minister Hayes just got through saying that we are preparing ourselves and that's what we are preparing ourselves. So when situation comes up, like worldly situation, you in the world, you have to adjust. You have to adjust, you in the world. So you have to understand that. But we are adjusting and that's what we are doing, adjusting. And so these things we ought to be doing anyway. Amen doing our, you know, stuff like that. that we, you ought to be doing that anyway. In and out. Amen? 
You don't take anything for granted. All right? And uh, so we're going to be getting to the Word. That's why you got to make sure you understand some things. Now, uh, my son, we're going to get into the Word. Uh, my son, you're going to go to uh, uh, the book of Daniel, chapter 9, and verse number 20 through 27. We're going to do that first. Daniel chapter 9, verse 20 through 27. I, I think what happens is we take a lot of things for granted ourselves. And these things, we have to understand how we have to do things. Uh, so we have to understand these things, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just called change. But they, they're common things. And we have to treat it as a common thing. Amen? All right. So we don't just say, I don't need to do that because I'm saved. Of course you, you're saved. But you got other people to be concerned about, not just yourself. Ain't that right? All right. Myself, I am not even worried. Myself, because I know who in the house. And I know how God takes care of his house. But if I wasn't saved, I would be concerned. Because you don't have no defense. See, that's why God kept saying, put on the whole arm of God. Let's go to, let's go to Hebrews. If you got the whole arm on, you don't have to worry about it. But understand, we got to live not just for ourselves, but we have to live for others. Okay? All right. Now. Daniel chapter 9, verse 20 through 27. We're going to read that. And can I do that in the NLT? Can I do that in the NLT? Because I want to use a word that's going to show you my subject. All right. I'm going to use my subject today. The vision has been fulfilled. If you're taking notes. The vision has been fulfilled. Now, I've been, I've been teaching on the vision and I've been showing you that how we got the, the vision. Uh, I taught it on how we got the revealed word, but I could have taught on how we got the vision because the revealed word is the vision. And I also told you to follow the Holy Spirit vision. Now I'm showing you the vision has been fulfilled. In this ministry, we got to know that because it's not many people going to find that out. So if you don't know it and you're getting taught the gospel grace, what about folks who not get taught the gospel grace? How are they going to find out? Somebody got to find out. Somebody got to know. Somebody got to understand. I would like to have that in capital letters, all capital letters, if that's possible on the tape or the DVD. The vision has been fulfilled, all caps. Now, let's go and show you that in... Daniel 9, 20 through 27, and we are doing that out of the NLT. All right, I think we still sell these in the storehouse if you'd like to contribute a donation uh, in the storehouse. But anyway, uh, I'm going to read it. We do have it on the screen also. So Daniel chapter 9, we're going to look at verse number 20. It says, I went on praying. Now, remember Old Testament, this is how they did things. He said, I went on praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, pleading with the Lord, my God, for Jerusalem. I was praying for Jerusalem and for his holy mountain. As I was praying, Gabriel, whom I had seen in the early vision, 
came swiftly to me at the time of the evening sacrifice. He explained to me, Daniel, I have come here to give you insight and understanding. Talking about other vision. The moment you began praying, a command was given. And now I'm here to tell you what it was. For you are very precious to God. Listen carefully so that you can understand the meaning of your vision. I want you to understand the meaning of your vision. Then he's going to give him the time. He said, a period of seven, 70 set of sevens. That's 70 times seven, if you take taking notes, which is 490 years. A period of 70 sets of seven, or seven times seven, has been declared for your people and your city to finish the transgression. Uh, we call it the rebellion here. Now, he's telling them how long, how long it's going to be before this all is going to be finished. 490 years. This is what's going to happen. Going to finish rebellion, put an end to sin. Now, we know this is when Christ came. He, he finished rebellion or the transgression. He put an end to sin. And then uh, he made an atonement for their guilt. And here's another one. He brought in everlasting righteousness. And then it says, he came to confirm, confirm, that, that Mississippi language came out of that. He came to confirm the prophetic vision. Now, I want you to write a scripture down, Romans 15 and 8. I'm going to show you that it already in the word, that's what he did. He came and confirmed the promises that was made. Also, because the prophetic vision is the promises that was made. He came to anoint, and that's what he's going to say. This, during this time, at the end of this time, God going to anoint the most holy place. Now, he's talking about Christ, Acts 10, 38. You can put that down. God anointed Jesus. He's the most holy place. Now, listen to understand, 70 sets of seven. 490 years, plus 62 sets of seven will pass for the time of the command is given to rebuild Jerusalem. Now, you got to understand, they had to rebuild Jerusalem before Christ came. If you know history, that's why you had people going to come like Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. They came out of that same captivity and they had to come. Nehemiah was responsible for the temple. Ezra, I'm sorry. Ezra was responsible for the temple. Nehemiah was responsible for the wall. And Esther was responsible for the people. That's why you have those three books. All right? Now, he says, uh, this is going to come to pass to rebuild Jerusalem until a ruler. The anointed one comes. Jerusalem will be rebuilt. Talk about Christ, the anointed one. Jerusalem will be rebuilt with streets and strong defenses despite perilous times. Now, all of this had to happen before Christ came. Remember when Christ came, they had, had not been long rebuilt the temple. So somebody could find that for me. And when he says that he's going to destroy the temple, they told him how long it had been since the temple has been built. 
I'm going to find out how well you know your Bible today. I didn't get no amen. I reckon I won't get no amen today. All right. Now, in verse 26, after this period of 62 sets of seven, the anointed one will be killed. Now, you know that's Christ. And after they got out, they told you how long Christ's going to be killed. Appearing to have accomplished nothing. It's going to appear he didn't accomplish nothing. And a ruler will arise whose armies will destroy the city and the temple. You can Google that sometime, not today. The temple, Jerusalem will destroy it, AD 70. And then it says, the end will come with a flood. The word flood means tribulation. It's going to come with a flood. War and its miseries are decreed from that time to the end, to the very end. Verse 27 says, the ruler will make a treaty with the people for a period of one set of seven, but after three and a half years, King James used it, he would put an end to the sacrifice and the offering. Otherwise, the offering they're doing in the temple. And he's going to set up his own uh, sacrifice, which is going to be an idol in the temple. Now, we see all of that happening when we read Thessalonians, called the abomination of desolation. Now, the, when, when, when Jesus gave us that, let, let, me show you, let me show you what Jesus says. Go to uh, uh, Matthew 24. Let's see how well you know your Bible. Let's go, let's go some page flipping here. Matthew chapter 24. Let's look at verse 15. See, when you go in the word of God, you can hear Jesus. He told you all of this. But all of this was going on because he, he, he's quoting Daniel. He's quoting the Old Testament scriptures. So when you look at uh, Matthew 24 and verse number 15, it said, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation. Now that's what Daniel just told you in, in chapter 9, verse 20 through 27. That when this man come, he's going to call the sacrifice in the temple to cease, and he's going to set up his own abomination. When, the, when you, that Jesus said, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. So if you got a reference in your Bible, you can go right back to Daniel and you'll show it to you. He said, He's going to stand in the holy place. Otherwise, they're going to set up, set up an idol in the temple called the holy place. Whosoever read it, let him understand. So he's going to tell you that. But if you keep on reading that, it's going to take you right down and show you, uh, for the time's sake, let's go down to verse 27. In the same chapter, Matthew 24. That's going to take you right down and say, if the lightning coming out of the east, and shining even to the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, when they did the temple, set up the, the image in the temple, then not long after that, the law came. That's what Jesus told them. Now, when people today are saying, Jesus is coming, so a, a time you're going through right now, when people don't know the word, what you think they're going to say? That's why God gave me the message today is the vision has been fulfilled. 
write down the word fulfill. So if the vision has been fulfilled, what you see in the day cannot have anything to do with the Bible. Now, my job is to tell you the word. Your job is to believe the word. Because if you think having a virus has to do with revelation, you are underestimating the book of Revelation. <laughs> yeah. There was no America when the book of Revelation was written. This came up on God's people because of the law. Let me say it again. See, I'm going to take you back to Genesis, and I'm going to show you everything in the teaching starting today. So when I finish this, in this church, we don't ever want to hear no more foolishness. Because that's all it is. Ignorance. Because you don't know the word. You are in the dispensation of grace. And if you're in the dispensation of grace, the vision has already been fulfilled. So you have to understand, even the word grace means the word has already been fulfilled. You can't have grace if the scripture wasn't fulfilled. The reason Jesus came and fulfilled every jot and every tittle of the law is so you can have grace. You see, it's, it's really something for us to not, to still, now I know there are churches who, you know, there was a guy, my son texted me this morning, bless his heart, woke me up three o'clock. Did you hear that text came in at 3 o'clock this morning? And I'm going like, who was that? He said, Dad, you got to see this. I'm going like, 3 o'clock, son. <laughs> yeah, I know you wake midnight. But my point is, I got to be up at 4. <laughs> and when I saw that, he says, you know what? I went to that guy's church in Texas. Had his picture. And the guy sent out to all of his church. Said, today we are closed. You have to come in the parking lot between, 11, between 10 and 11.30 and receive your vial of oil. They give our little thing of oil to every member between 10 and 11.30 for their protection. Now, since you don't know, let me tell you how you protect it before I even get to my message today. Go back to Exodus chapter 12. Some of y'all don't know. So I have to show the one that don't know. In Exodus chapter number 12. This is why you don't have to worry. Regardless of what, see you have to, you have to understand we are in the world, we're not of the world. So we have to understand we are the body of Christ. So what we have to do, we have to look back and say, okay, Israel was in the world, but they were not of the world. How did God take care of his people? When situation arose, the book of Psalms were written while they were in tribulation and persecutions and captivity. So when, 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 when they were captive, when Babylon c 
captured, that's why I'm showing you Daniel, when Babylon captured the children of Israel. Let, let me just show you that. Look at Psalms 137. Now, I already gave you one place to go to. What was it? Exodus 12. You want to write down verse 21 through 24. Write that down. Now I'm going to take you to Psalm 137. We'll come right back. Like I said, we're going to see how well you know this book. In the book of Psalms, let's see what, what they says. In Psalm. There it is, 137, King James. It's okay. They were in captivity. So when they wrote the book of Psalms, they wrote it because the people in the book of Psalms wanted to hear the choir. See, Israel had people who, as people, people, what I mean by that, each tribe had a responsibility. Judah was responsible for praise. So when they realized that they had people and what they did was just praise, they going to tell them to do something. So in Psalm 137, you need to mark in your Bible so you'll get this stuff. By the river, see, I'm waiting on verse 1. We were sitting by the river of Babylon. There we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. Remember, they were taken in captivity by Nebuchadnezzar. We hang our hearts upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. That's why you don't see us, door faith, going nowhere to sing nowhere. If you want to see this choir sing, you come here. Okay, we don't perform. Now, you may not understand that, but we don't sing for the world. We sing unto the Lord. They wanted them to sing there. See, a lot of folks still ain't got it. I didn't get no amen. I got about a few. I got two or three amens. But you got to understand something. The choir don't belong at a downtown where we have all these people getting up on everybody. We're here for door fakers. No, no, no. Everybody in the audience drinking, getting high when we up on. No, we don't do that. We do that here. You'll, you'll catch up. We the body of Christ. We the body of Christ. There's some churches I won't go to to preach. So you don't understand. That's what the last chapter in the book of Proverbs, the wisdom that Solomon's mother gave him. My son. We'll look at it. You sometimes watch this. We'll, we'll look at that later. Come on, come on, let's finish this. But he said, how shall we sing the Lord's song? How can we sing the Lord's song at OJ's? I'm sorry, no, over at the... Some of y'all ain't old enough for that. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? I'm just waiting for the... If I forget thee, O Jerusalem. Because that's where I'm going to be. That's where we sing it. 
If I forget, see, if I go do it, I'm going to forget Jerusalem. Let my right hand forget her cunning. That's a good time. Let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember you, let my tongue, if I'm going to sing out here, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. If I'm going to sing, I'm going to sing in Jerusalem. I'm not going to be in the world. Remember, O oh Lord, the children of Edom. Remember, O oh Lord, the children of Edom. See, he goes on, but that's what the whole thing was. They wanted them to sing in the world. So that's why we don't do that here, that just in case you know. All right, I gave you another verse. We're going to get back to those two verses. We are talking about the vision has been fulfilled. See, that's why you have a lot of people today are still saying that they are operating in the ministry of the prophetic. They don't even know what they're talking about. The vision has been fulfilled. Prophecy ended with John the Baptist. Let me show you that, Luke 16, 16. See, I'm just doing something because I'm waiting on my... I'm waiting on you to get there. That's all I can do. Luke 16, 16. See, prophecy ended. The law and prophets, all, that ended with John the Baptist. We already have the Bible. You got the Bible now. The Bible has already been written. The problem is people don't know it. So they still think God's going to add to it. that something else ain't done yet. No, you just don't know the Bible. See, out of 40 years of ministry, watch this. The law and the prophets were to John the Baptist. The law and the prophet were to John the Baptist. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached. See, the kingdom of God came to end the law and the prophets. That's why you had... On the Mount of Transfiguration, you had two people. How many know they were? He just told you in that verse. He told you in that verse. The law and the prophet. Well, who did the law stand for? Moses stood for the law and Elijah stood for the... And that's why they met Christ at the Mount of Transfiguration. And the Father says, Peter said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let us make here three tabernacles. Let us make three... <coughs> Excuse me. We're going to make three tabernacles. We're going to make one for you. We're going to make one for Moses. And we're going to make one for Elijah, John the Baptist. That same chapter told you with John the Baptist. Otherwise, we're going to make a place so you can get water baptized. That's John the Baptist. We're going to make a place that you can have the Passover. That's Moses. And then we're going to have the cross. Bless God. That's how we set our churches up. If you look at it, we're going to have a communion table, Passover. We're going to have a cross, and we're going to have a baptism pool. Moses, Christ, Elijah, John the Baptist. And the Lord says, the Father spoke, said, no, no, no. This is my son and whom I'm well pleased. See, he was not pleased with what Moses did. He was not pleased with what John the Baptist did. That was for a season under the law. 
but only one man pleased the Father. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Can somebody give him praise in the house? But yet people will still go on in the churches and they think they're doing God a favor. Had nothing to do with your salvation. Let me show it to you. Go to 1st Exodus. That's where we were, chapter 12. When Israel came out, I'm, I'm showing you the vision there. I'm going to go all the way back to Genesis 49 in just a moment. I'm going to walk it all the way through. I'm going to show you the vision. People still think the latter days of the last days is in your future. You'd be surprised how much chaos in churches this morning where their members are walking the streets saying, this must be the last day. God said, when the last days come. See, they still don't know. Pastor, pastor didn't have a vision. You don't even know when the last days is. And the Bible told you. You under grace. Grace don't have last days. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 24. Somebody can find it. As the days of Noah. We'll go there just after that. So people do not understand. Jesus told them, as the days of Noah. And yet people think, you in the days of Noah. Listen, the days of Noah was before the flood. Hold on to that. What is Matthew 4 what? 24 what? 2437. We'll go there next. Make sure you have that. We got two or three things, so you got to write them all down. Moses called for all the elders of Israel. Where am I? Where am I? Oh, we're in Exodus chapter 12, verse 21. Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, draw out and take yourself a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. You shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin. Lamb's blood. Strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood, the lamb's blood that's in the basin, and none of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning. Now remember, you the temple now. He's not talking about you don't go out of a physical door. All right, see, people read that. See, Lord told us to stay in the house. I ain't told you to stay in no house. And verse number 23 says, The Lord will pass through the the Lord would pass through to smite the Egyptians. Now he's talking about the people who didn't want God and the people who did not have a covenant with God. He's going to smite the Egyptians and when he see the blood. Now, if you are born of the Spirit, you are sealed with the blood of Christ. I should have got at least five. Amen. Now, that means God says physically they put the blood over the door. Somebody said door. How many know that's who Christ is? Yes. When Jesus came in John chapter 10, he said, I am the door, right? Yes. By me, if any man enter any shall be saved. I am the door of the temple. All right, if he's the door, then you the temple. For the Lord would pass through and smite the Egyptians and when he see the blood upon the lentils and upon the two side poles, the Lord would pass over the door and would not suffer the destroyer 
to come into your houses to smite you. He's going to pass over the door. Well, the door is Christ. There, he got to go over the door. Now, why did he have to pass over the door? Why? Because of one thing. When, when, when the angel saw the blood, the angel says, somebody died there already. How many know who died there already? Christ died there already. See, that person has Christ in them. Christ died for them already. So he can't come there. You can't have but one death. There ain't but one death. It's been a, given to man once to die. So the angel had to go on and say, well, uh, the lamb, saw the lamb blood. He said, no, death been there already. But it was not the enemy, the death against the believer. It was Christ's death of the lamb that we put on the doorpost to tell the angel, you can't come in here. This house paid for. How did he pay for your house? I don't hear you. How did he buy you? He paid for you. So when the enemy came to that house, he already saw the blood. It says redemption has taken place here already. I've been redeemed with the blood of the Lord. Somebody say amen. We should sing a song. I've been redeemed. That's how we should sing. Down south, we didn't play with that thing. You can hear it all the way down the highway. I've been redeemed. Listen, you redeemed by the blood. So, so there was no more debt. The deaf angel, watch what he did. He says, I'll pass over. I would not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to smite you. And you shall observe this thing for an ordinance. He was talking to them. To thee and your sons forever. That's what they did. But the Bible told me that in 1 Corinthians, go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse number 7 and 8. So I have to understand today, because I'm showing you that the vision has been fulfilled. I don't have to have bread and wine on the table to protect me. I don't have to have oil in a vial to protect me. I have the substance. I have the actual living God. The spirit of the Lord is in this house. And that's who sanctified me. I'm sanctified because of the Holy Ghost. Listen, no devil in hell can come up in here. You better hear what I'm saying. How many, how many, this is the time to examine yourself. Examine yourself, make sure you saved. Make sure you got the blood of Christ in your house. That's divine protection. Come on, look at what somebody said, divine protection. Yeah, see, God protecting you and it's invisible. Nobody can see the blood, but I'm being protected. Nobody can see the Holy Ghost, but I'm being protected. 
And you got to always understand that. We used to do that stuff here. We used to have a bottle of oil. I mean, we had, had a big jug here. And people used to bring the jug, give it to us. We'd pray over they take the jug. And the Lord said to me one day, God knows. He said to me, he said, look, uh, what is that? I said, that's the anointing oil. The anointed people. And the Lord said, no, you got that wrong. And he showed me in the word. I'm going I'm to take you to it just a moment. We go to his first, you can find it for him. I give you the chapter, 1 John chapter 2, I think verse 5 through verse 8, somewhere in there. He told you about the anointing. To you, the word, when the word shows you, it's just like, he's a son. It's the anointing that Isaiah said that destroys the yoke. Somebody can find me that too. Y'all, y'all don't know them scriptures. Y'all been around saying it's the anointing that destroys the yoke and lifts the burden. Well, that's what happened here when I got saved. You don't hear what I'm saying. See, if you're not saved, the anointing hadn't destroyed the yoke yet. Once you get saved, the Holy Spirit, the anointing, destroys the yoke off your life and lifts the burden and let you go free. That's what he does. So it ain't no just putting some oil. Ain't no, ain't no cross on Wednesday. Some of y'all got that dirty cross, got that dirty cross on Wednesday. They made up some stuff. They won't take it off all day long. Walk all through the store, on the job, everywhere. You can tell. Got the head all up. I said, boy, you just don't know. Oh, you got some dirty oil on your head. That's not... That's not the Holy Ghost. He's invisible. Somebody say amen. amen. But the anointing, 1 John 2, 27 on the screen. But the anointing, see, you don't have to have oil in a job. But the anointing, see, the Holy Ghost is called the anointing. Now, we're going to look at Isaiah after this. Have y'all should, some of us should have found it. What is it? I heard 27. 1027, okay. But the anointing, which is the Holy Ghost. We go to Isaiah 1027 out there. You got Mark in your Bible right here. You're going to put uh, 1 John 227. I'm going to do it myself. I'm breaking a new Bible. I'll do that too. See, this is how you learn. You just let the Holy Ghost teach us. That's all he does. He teaches all of us. 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. I want to mark that in my Bible. Verse 27, what the anointing. I want to put Isaiah what? Isaiah chapter 10 and 27. Wonder if something about that 27 there. I don't y'all go out and play that tomorrow. I'm talking about the... Boy, the pastor just blessing the day, wasn't he? <laughs> Praise God. Guy asked me, he said, man, if somebody... Somebody hit the number and want to pay your church off, will you let them? I say, yeah, I'll let them. <laughs> I tell them that's something they should not put their faith in, but I'll let them. Right. Uh, I'll let you. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. Somebody say amen. All right, watch that. But the anointing, come on, say, but the anointing, which you have received of him, now, if you saved, you have received of him. He lives in you. That's one of the names for the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, one of his names is called the anointing. 
But the anointing which you have received of him lives in you. You need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth. The anointing is truth. He is no lie. And even as he had taught you, you shall abide in him. It don't mean you don't have nobody to teach you. Otherwise, it's when I teach you, the Holy Spirit in you, if it's, if it's not the Holy Spirit, it kick it out. See, that's how you know. When it's the Holy Ghost, you don't have no scripture to back it up. Holy Ghost don't receive that. That's why I always show you the word. And it shall come to pass. This is Isaiah 10, 27. And it shall come to pass in that day. See, that's where you're at right now. When the Holy Ghost came. It shall come to pass in that day when the Holy Ghost came. That his burden shall be taken away from off your shoulder. My God Almighty. That's what happened when you got saved. You got free. That's why Jesus called them and said to them, Matthew 11, 28, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And you shall find rest unto your soul. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off your shoulders, his yoke from off your neck. The yoke is the law. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. See, the law was destroyed. That's why the Bible said Christ is the end of the law. It was the anointing that you break yokes in your life. Lift burdens out of your life. Somebody give him praise in this place. So I showed you, you have the anointing, which is the Holy Ghost. You got the blood, which is Christ. First Corinthians, purge out therefore, the old leaven, that you may be a new lump. As you are unleavened. For even Christ, that's the only verse I needed right there. Told you who Christ is. He is our Passover. Now, if Christ is your Passover, and he is, what are you doing on the table eating the bread and drinking the wine? Well, the Lord told us to do this, do this in remembrance of me. Yeah, he did. He told you that until, do this remember you, but he didn't tell you. He told people in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John who were following him under the law. But he, Christ, Romans 10 and 4, is the end of the law. So that's why he says here, Purge out therefore the, the old leaven that you may be a new lump. For even Christ, our Passover. Who is Christ? Our he's our Passover. If he's your Passover, what you eating the bread off the table for? I rest my case. See, he's already fulfilled that. All those things was types and shadows. That's why people leave the church, go all the way to Missouri, go to your town there, brother. Go to Missouri, St. Louis, for they can celebrate the feast days that God has already fulfilled. Don't know. Somebody got to tell you Passover is one of them. I'm not going to look at Yancey on this one. He know what I'm talking about. Am I lying? You know I'm not lying. Sure do. Every year in October. Hallelujah. Don't know. You ain't celebrate no feast days. 
feast days has already been fulfilled in Christ. The first three feast days, the first three feast days, the first three, number one was the Passover, number two was the unleavened bread, and number three is the first fruits. If you know what that means, that's your salvation. You ought to know. It's Christ's death, his burial, his resurrection. How can you still be celebrating that on a feast? You don't know. The first feast was a Passover. Just read it sometime. The first feast was Passover. Second feast was unleavened bread. Third feast was first fruits. And that's who Christ is. He's all three. Death, burial, and resurrection. He's the first begotten from the dead. People don't know. That's why not many people say. A lot of people go to church, but not many people say because they don't know. If you're still waiting for Jesus to return, you have not accepted the Christ in you. That's right. Examine yourselves whether you... Let's look at that. Let's look at that. 1 Corinthians 13, 5. I don't want to mess it up. 1 Corinthians 13, 5. I think you need to brighten me up a little bit there. Make me look good. Somebody save me. Watch what the word say you now. 1 Corinthians 13, 5. Don't behave yourself unseemly. I'm sorry, I don't want that. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Forgive me. I got to get in my word. I got to get into teaching this word. I'm giving y'all too much extra stuff here. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Watch this. Whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Now you're not your own selves. How that Jesus Christ is in you. Well, I'm waiting for him to come, Lord. I, he's supposed to be coming. No, 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 no. That ain't what he says. He said, he got to be in you. If he's not in you, you're a reprobate. You're none of his. That goes with Romans 8. Go to Romans 8 and 8. Through 11. Romans 8 and 8 through 11. See, if Christ is not in you, you're not a healed. And yet, people that go to church every Sunday still waiting on Jesus to come. Because they don't know the vision has been fulfilled. They don't know that. Still waiting on it. The vision was fulfilled 2,000 years ago. Jesus came back to the people he said he will come back to. But you've been told as the church, he's coming back for you. No, 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 no. He's in you. Amen. Their salvation was based on rewards for their labor. So Christ had to come back and give them rewards for their labor. Your salvation is not rewards for labor. Labor for those under the law. By grace are you you see it. You see what we have to do, don't you? You see what we have to do, don't you? Let's thank, let's thank God for our declaration committee. Thank God for them. My, my, my wife, her sister, her sister Teresa, and also Sister King, they, they got that up for me. By grace are you saved through faith, and that's not in your Sam's. Oh, that last part just slaps you side of the head, doesn't it? 
Not a works, is it? It is the gift of God. Come on, somebody get the Lord a big hand. Every now and then, if you, with your camera, I'm going to see can you pick that up by grace, you say. I'm going to stay right here and see can you get it. By grace, you say. Any way you want to. Just see can you pick that up over there. See can you give me a close-up shot. When I get this DVD, I want to be able to see that. That's a good way to focus your camera. You see that? That's how you say it. Get the Lord another big hand. Yes, sir. That's how you say it. Now, if you say by grace, it is not something that's keep on going, keep on going. That means you are saved. Not in a process. All right. All right. Now, where are my notes at? Note takers. I gave you I gave you Romans 8 and 8, but I gave you some way before that. I told you in the days of Noah. Y'all ain't taking on notes? I know you got that. She the one told me. Matthew 24, 37. Here we go. Let's get there. Matthew 24, 37. I'm getting ready to get into my message today. I'm going that way. Good God am I. Here it is. But as the days of Noah were. Now Jesus talking 2,000 years ago. As the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Wait a minute. You got to be able to interpret that. As the days of Noah were. Now, if I go back to the days of Noah, the days of Noah was before the flood. Now, one of your Bible will tell you that, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you look at that same story, the other one, it would say before the flood. One of you historians, one of you historians, he says, for as, it, for as in the days that were, there it is right there. There it is. As the days of Noah were, for as in the day that were before the flood. Now what, are, what is the flood? That's the thing. What are they? Tribulation. Tribulation. That's why you need to write in your Bible. Matthew chapter 7 told you that. Man, the Lord is just taking me around and around and around. Matthew chapter number 24. I got to go there now. Because I'm going to have to take Matthew 7. We're going to have to hook it up there. Matthew chapter number 24. And what verse we in? I heard 38. Okay. Matthew 24, 38. Okay, let's, let's go. You, you read verse 37, right? All right. For as in the day that were before the flood. Do you see that word before the flood? Amen. Hold your finger right there. We coming right back. We come right back to what verse? No, we come back to Matthew 24, 38. You know I'm a teacher. I can't let you get away with just 38. <laughs> then I come back. I said, what are we supposed to be at? 38? <laughs> now I'm standing up here like 38 what? Matthew 24, 38. All right. Now, go to Matthew chapter number 7. And I want you to look at verse number 
24. Now you got a head on your Bible. What, do, what, what does it say? I heard you. I heard you. Be along what? Sure foundation. Firm foundation. All right. So how many know what the foundation is? Christ. That means Christ is the rock. Because Jesus said upon this upon this foundation. See, that's what he's telling you, upon this what? Foundation. foundation. That word rock is foundation. So if you got 1 Corinthians chapter 10 told them that rock, that followed them, that rock is Christ, right? Well, he's the foundation. So when you read 1 Corinthians chapter 3, you'll be able to see that the foundation already been laid. Huh? You're not here to lay a foundation. The foundation been laid. You're here to build up on it. You build your life up on it. You are the temple. You got to make sure the temple is up on the what? Up on the foundation, which is the rock, right? All right, now let's look at this story. And, and it says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I would like to him that a wise man, underline the word wise man, I would like him to a wise man. Now this wise man build this house upon a rock. Somebody said, that's a wise man for you. Now, if he built his house upon a rock, who was that rock? Right. So that wise man, if you build your house upon Christ, that makes you a wise man. Well, what about that guy who built his house upon something else that wasn't Christ? He's not a wise man, is he? Oh, let's look at this story. Let's look at this story. Whosoever, he says, I would liken him to a wise man. So you want to underline the word wise man. You want to see you a wise man. Let's see you a wise man. If you're a wise man, you built your house on a rock, right? God's called that a wise man. Then it says, the rain came. He's not talking about the rain coming. If it's coming, it's in your future. He's trying to show you this is what happened in the days of Noah. Noah was a wise man. Noah built his house up on the word, the rock, the foundation. And the Bible said the rain descended, the flood came, and the wind blew and beat up on that house, and that house did not fall. It fell not because it was founded. The foundation was the rock. Do you see what I'm saying? So if you don't build your temple, if you don't build your house up on the rock, then the house going to fall, right? All right, you got to build your house up on the rock. Okay. And in verse 25, are you there? The rain descended, the flood came, the wind blew, beat up on that house. The house did not fall because it was found up on the rock. All right, now let's go and, and tell you the interpretation. Verse 26, everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened to a foolish man. So we got two, two men here. We got a wise man and we got a foolish man. Look at somebody and say, we got a wise man and we got a foolish man. Now, now we're going to find out which man, one of these men are you. All right, let's go, let's go back and look. Everyone that hears these sayings of mine, because you got a foolish man. This man built this house up on the sand. 
Look at somebody and say, that don't sound like a foundation to me. You can hear, you can hear the failure on what that man building his house. He built his house upon the sand. If you go out there right now and do not dig a foundation and put your house upon the sand, it won't be long you're going to be going down. Amen? Amen. When the rain comes, the storm comes, they're going to wash your little stuff away. Ain't that right? That's how it is in life. But then it says, the rain descended, the flood came, the wind blew, beat up on that house, that house fell, and great was the fall of it. Somebody said, we got two people here. Said, we got a wise man, and we also have a man who, who, who's foolish. All right, Let, let's go back. Let's go back and see if this has anything to do with you. We're going to go back and see if that has anything to do with you. Now, I want somebody to find me where there were, I know where that, thank you, Lord, Matthew 25. I just heard the Holy Ghost. Boy, I tell you, he, when you got him in, he just tears you. Earl. Matthew chapter 20, 25. Now, in Matthew 25, we're going to look at the, what they didn't have in all. Now, these guys didn't have no oil. Matthew 25, we're going to start reading verse 1. Are y'all there? They are called the ten virgins. Now, let's show you these ten virgins because they're going to let me know, are you wise or not? Now, first I told you why to build your house on the rock. But God gave them another chance to check and see what they were. Here it is. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be like the ten virgins. They took their lamps and they went forth to meet the bridegroom. Can't you see that's not you? See, keep telling Israel, some of you wise, some of you foolish, that's not you. Jesus is talking to his people. He said, five of them were wise and five were foolish. Remember, he just told them he'd build your house on the sand, that's foolish. Now he's telling you, these guys were foolish. They that were foolish, they took the lamps, but they took no oil with them. They didn't have the Holy Spirit in them. Oh, they had the Hyundai and the Shundai, and they had a hey, hey, but they didn't have no oil in the lamp. They wise, they took oil in their vessels with their lamp. Why the bridegroom tear it? He's not talking to you. In Matthew, he's talking to his own people. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. At midnight, there was a cry made, hello. That's what Thessalonians told them. The bridegroom cometh. Go out to meet him. See, they had all three. They had the bride, which is the church of God. They had the bridegroom, which is Christ, and they had the best man, which is John the Baptist. What do that have to do with you? See, you got to understand, don't let nobody deceive you. 
Then all these virgins arose. Everybody got up. They come. Hallelujah. And they trimmed their lamps. And the Bible said, the foolish said to the wise, see, once we trim our lamp, we realize we didn't have no oil in there. We got enough. Well, I tell you what you do. You give me some of your oil. Our lamp went out. But the wise answered, saying, not so. Look at somebody said, mm-mm. Look at somebody say, you better have your own oil. You come to church, you better have your own oil. He said, not so, lest there, not, lest there be not enough for us and you. I tell you what you do. You go out, rather, to them that sell oil. And you go buy yourself some. Now, here they go. Here they go. Dumb. They just say, coming. And then you're going out to try to buy oil and get back. Watch what it says. Now I want you to switch it right there to the NLT. Verse number 10. The same problem they had with Noah's ark. That's what he's going to show you. While they went to buy it, but while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those that were ready, they went into him. They went into the ark to the marriage, and then the door was locked. And that's what happened in the days of Noah? The Bible said, and the Lord shut him in. And you read the Noah's ark. Once Noah finished that ark, he waited seven days. And the people still wouldn't come. After seven days, what's that? What's that? You tell me it's raining. Seven days. He waited for seven days. And the Bible said for that, he shut him in. He locked the door. And now they come. Watch what they're going to say. Later when the other five, other five bridegroom returned, they, they stood outside calling, Lord, hey, hey, Lord. Noah. Noah. open the door for us watch what the Lord says he called back (laughs) believe me I don't know you all this time he called for people to be saved and he went on their way and says I don't know you the Lord said okay when I shut that door you're going to call for me, open that door, I'm going to say, I don't know you. So you too, he says to those people in the Old Testament, you too must keep watch. Because you know not the day or the hour of my return. He was not talking to you. Give the Lord a big hand. Go to Genesis 49. I'm just starting my message. I would really get into the next service, I reckon, huh? Genesis 49 1. I had to do all that just to get you ready for what I got here. Genesis 49 and 1. Joseph, not Joseph, Jacob, is going to call all his sons together. And he's going to tell them what's going to happen 
in the book of Revelation, which we call the last days. This, what I'm showing you now, is prophetic, it's prophecy. It was fulfilled in the book of Revelation. Verse number one, Jacob called unto his sons, 12 sons. He said, gather yourself together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Let me show you something. Let me show you 1 John 2, 18. I'm going to show you what's going to happen in the last days. Let me show you what John, the apostle John, in 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, but I'm going to show you what he's going to say in 1st John 2.18. is what I'm waiting on. This is what John is going to say. Remember, you're talking about Peter, James, and John. Watch what John's going to say to them. Little children, it is the last time. See, man has told you, oh yeah, you know all this stuff, man, going around, Sister Wanda Crump, it's got to be the last days. Last days of what? Can't be the last days of grace. Grace is eternal. See, Jesus says, before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving them marriage. In the, before the flood, before the tribulation, he's talking to the people who were before the tribulation. You are not before the tribulation. You are after. All this stuff is over. You and Grace, when, when Noah came down off of that ark, it was grace. Amen. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. All those people who didn't want God, they are dead and gone. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things passed away. Passed away. All those folks that didn't want God, they had passed away. And Noah looked forward and said, all things will become new. So they started a new life. Nobody was left who didn't want God. That's what happened when Jesus came. All those people didn't want God were destroyed. Little children, it is the last time you have heard that Antichrist shall come even now, 2,000 years ago. Are there now Antichrist whereby you know it's the last time. Go back to, he told his, these are the last days. Let me tell you what's going to happen in the last days. Let's go down to verse 14. Genesis 49 and verse number, I'm, I'm going to have to go down to verse 22, I'm sorry. 22 through 26, I'm only going to do Joseph. Now, all these are his sons. I'm not going through all his sons. I'm going to show you Joseph. Because that's how we got into the covenant is through Joseph. Joseph is a fruitful bow. This is Christ. Even a fruitful bow by a well. Whose branches run over the wall. The, arch, the archers have sorely grieved him. Archers are people with arrows. They shot at him. Hated him. But his bow abode in strength. And the arm of his hand was made strong by the hand of the mighty God of Jacob. From this is the shepherd. This is where Christ would come from. He is called the stone 
of Israel. Don't forget the word stone because I'm going to teach you Daniel chapter 2, verse chapter 4. I'm going to go through all the chapters. We're going to show you there's going to be a tree God's going to plant, and that's going to be the nation star with Nebuchadnezzar, and the dream Nebuchadnezzar is going to have is going to be a stone that's going to bring them down. When Goliath was at the peak of his stature, and when he was bigger and taller and greater than any man, God says, a stone will be your enemy. God used one stone and brought him down. And that's why we build our churches upon this stone. We build our temples upon this stone because it's a tried stone. Somebody need to hear me. It's a precious stone. It's a stone that won't let you down. It's a stone that won't fail you and it also has fought all your enemies. Goliath went down because of this stone. Somebody give him praise in this house. Nebuchadnezzar went down because of this stone. Belshazzar went down because of this stone. The Medes and the Persian went down because of this stone. It was the Grecian that fell because of this stone. It was the Romans that fell because of this stone. He has brought them down. He is our champion. Somebody give him praise. My time is up. My time is already gone. I thank you for yours. Somebody give the Lord praise in this place. The Bible say the stone that the builders rejected has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in our eyes. Somebody give him praise. Somebody give him praise. Somebody give him praise in the house. Glory to God forever. Hallelujah. He is our champion. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.